Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening, and welcome to a sunny west of Ireland, and perhaps foreign, and the recording of Gatecast episode 177, covering season 8, episode 13, with occasional additional barking. Good evening, everybody. Yes, don't worry about any meows or barks in the background, it's all part of the fun of podcasting. We have a couple of guests with us this week. They've both been with us before. That we do. Indeed. I will now kill my giant kitty. <laughs> Cold, wet day here in Arkansas. Yeah, I don't know what the sunny part foreign was about. No, this bit is sunny. You're in parts foreign. There was a comma. Unfortunately, commas are not audible. Well, I tried that and I got annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to. You said you don't have to pronounce. In his own mind, he's always right. You see, Mike, I was proved right. <laughs> Wait, how are you proof right? Go with it. <laughs> oh, well. I fully know my place in the house, and it's correct filling of the food bowl. As every owner should. I'm not an owner, I'm a slave. Long-term listeners to the Gatecast will remember Thomas and Adriana from the 100th episode, Wormhole Extreme. Did you do Windowwell for Opportunity with us? Wormhole Extreme. Yeah, Wormhole Extreme. Somebody did. <laughs> you see, at this point, we have so many guests, we're actually having difficulty fitting people in. <laughs> Yeah, they joined us for Wormhole Extreme, the 100th episode. They will be joining us again for the 200th episode, which is still some ways away. Do we have anyone down to join us for Citizen Joe? Is that the one with the barber? Not a clip show was described to me uh, by my mate before it showed on Sky. And I was like, what do you mean it's not a clip show? He said, just watch it. <laughs> just say the word. Open the iris. Birthdays for the upcoming week include the fan favourite Kevin Smith, who played Major Evan Lorne in both SG-1 and Atlantis. He also played Deputy Andy in Eureka. He celebrates on the 6th of May. On the 8th, we have the birthday of Patrick McKenna, who was the erstwhile Dr. Felger in two episodes of SG-1, a great character. And also on the 8th, David Winning, who directed just the one episode of Atlantis, Childhood's End, will be celebrating his birth. On the 10th, the writer John Scalzi has his birthday. He was a creative consultant on Stargate Universe. And finally, on the 11th, Aaron Paul has a birthday. Aaron played the young Hammond in the SG-1 episode 1969 and Major Kearney in the episode Lockdown. On the news front, Daniel Nicolette, who was Reese in the Stargate SG-1 episode Menace, had her new sitcom debut on ABC last week. Family Tools airs on Wednesday nights. Also, Agam Darshi, who starred in Sanctuary and appeared in two episodes of Stargate, has been cast in the new Canadian drama Played. And staying with Canadian television, Amanda Tapping will be directing at least one episode of Continuum this season. Going slightly off topic, I want to offer my best wishes to Paul and Emma, who are tying the knot this day the 4th of May. They are both hosts and co-hosts on a number of Star Trek podcasts, which reside under the Trekmate family. The Gatecast and the Stargate family wish them every happiness. That's the news and birthdays. Now let's get back to Harry, and it's good to be king. Hello, Sin. Why does she do that? She comes up and looks at me, hopefully, and then I reach for her and she makes the ooh cooties face and backs off. <laughs> Which, as I was saying to a friend of mine, is the mental face I make when I think of alcohol. 
Anyway, good kitty. No kitty. What's she doing? When does that always happen? I get the kitty. Oh, I'm glad that I'm not the only person whose language is getting edited out of this podcast. What? No, not that. The line didn't bloody appear when I clicked on chapter one. That kitty. Hey, good kitty. Yeah, no, no, she's a bad kitty. She has this wonderful tendency to systematically wander up to any flat object that's about taller than twice her head and slowly paw every single item off onto the floor, sniff it once, and then go back and get the next item and pull that onto the floor and then go back and get the next item. It doesn't keep her entertained for a good half an hour. Sometimes I'll deliberately just leave a pile of coins on something so she'll individually paw each one off. And watching you pick it all back up again entertains her for another good half hour. Yeah, that's what I have rolls for. Oh, that's mean. It is mean because I can only afford her about every three weeks now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to keep the house clean. She was here yesterday. Advert, take one. See, that's my little clappable. (laughs) (laughs) Director Clark. Can I just ask, where's my motivation coming from for this advert? (laughs) The fist that's shaking at you right now. (laughs) Advert, take two. Hello, I'm Mike. I'm Sina. And I'm Dave. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy doesn't say that, honey. Okay, let's start again. Advert, take three. Hello, I'm Mike. I'm Cena. I'm still laughing. <laughs> so All right, let's 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 start again. Hello, I'm Mike. I'm Cena. And I'm Dave. We're from the Holodeck. We're a show that explores the Star Trek universe through comics, animation, and interviewing those who make it all possible. Listen to us every Saturday on Stitcher, iTunes, and at the Trekmate Family Network at trekmatefamily.com. Oi, guys, do you think they bought it? I don't think they're going to believe that we have a chick that likes comic books. These people are just going to think we're a cooking show. Oh, shut up, Dave. And that was the promo for The Holodeck, a Star Trek podcast dealing with comic books, authors, and other sorts of literature within the Star Trek family. Michael, the host, has been a great supporter of the Gatecast, and we thank him for that, and we are delighted to play his promo. Okay, then, let's get going. Alan, if you would do the honours... Right, anyway. Ever three, ever a doe, ever a hen. Clicky. Fade to black and fade in on. Stock footage. Yes, a briefing. Something we rarely see on the show. Bastet and Olican are dead. Morrigan has capitulated. And Lord Yu and Amaterasu are rallying their armies for what will probably be their last stand. Hmm. You're looking particularly... Buff. I mean, is that t-shirt getting more cut off or has it been walking out for defeat. Some of the system lords are actively seeking out areas of refuge. It was put to shame last week by Sam and Air cut off t-shirt. Well, you could argue that Claudia's attempt last week were just to get Daniel she wasn't trying to burn him, she was just trying to get him into a cut off t-shirt <laughs> by removing the sleeve in a more direct fashion. Harry Mayborn two years ago. And this affects us how? The Tokra have their hands full with more pressing matters. They strongly suggest we get to Mayborn before the Guawul do. Strongly suggest? You okay, guys? Ah, oh, the man we love to hate, Harry Mayborn. Or hate to love. I like Harry. Well, instead of rescuing him, you know, just send in an assassination squad. <laughs> That'll work. You mean Teok? Yeah, send Teok. He'll be quite happy to do it. Yeah, pretty much. He would do the job. Very tech could probably do it without breaking sweat. Looks pretty, that does. It's good when they use the actual prop gate instead of a CGI gate. 
That reminds me of Robin Shigvatsky in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. In Canada, summer is like the last week of July. <laughs> do they have like a list of spare planets just sitting there sort of going like... I bet they do. We'll relocate them. We may not have a lot of time. Ares could be here in a matter of days. Ooh, crossbows. That's the problem. They might be primitive weapon, but when you get to win 20 or 30 feet, they'll come keen. A good crossbow can penetrate plate armor. We don't mean you any harm. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not working. Tell them a joke. You do speak English? Just uh, looking for a friend of ours, Harry Mayborn. Maybe you've heard of him? Shifty fella. Beady eyes. <laughs> Shifty fella. <laughs> Ooh. New persona. Um, she, that looks an awful lot like Tori Higginson. She does rather resemble her. I think it's the ruffled hairstyle. Tori always looks like she's been dragged out of bed. Maybe she has, man. <laughs> Maybe she's actually walking away through the entire Atlantis command staff, male and female. <laughs> Would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why her uniform doesn't fit. She's sort of pulling it on hurriedly. Alan! Yes? Here we get Nathaniel Massey, the Steadicam operator on a crane. Steps off the crane and carries on walking with a 75-pound camera on his waist. Even with harnesses, you still want to be sort of geoc level to carry the thing around for any length of time. Not exactly the trusting type. Which leads me to wonder whether Harry Mayborn is still alive. Presumably the choker put in a good word for him. Maybe we should get them to do the same for us. I've noticed the more we progress through the season, the less, I don't know, Middle Easty we go and more in towards the European and That uh, looks English distinctly look. Nordic. Yeah. And the big reveal. That's a big piece of fruit. Not quite Kaylee-level succulent, is it? <laughs> I don't think any strawberry is Kaylee-level succulent. <laughs> I don't think anyone's Kaylee-level succulent. This is King Archon. My lord, our hunting party encountered these off-worlders by the gate. Hey, guys. Long time no see. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> birthday. He's got, he's got the wide eyes. Someone has been taking a little too much coke. Surprise not. Hey, guys, long time no see. Where's Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Is he dead? He's behind you with a gun. <laughs> Seriously, I'm surprised he didn't immediately start looking around in panic for where Jack is. Right then. It's Good to be King, Season 8, Episode 13 of Stargate SG-1, Gatecast 177. The story, brace yourself. Michael Greenberg, Peter DeLuise, Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Teleplay by Joseph and Paul. As I said in the commentary, this actual story has been doing the rounds for a couple of years. It actually only got brought to the front when they were able to tag Mayborn with it. It was directed by William Geraghty. Got a UK premiere January the 4th, 2005. The US, February the 4th. Australians, January the 6th. Canadians, April the 27th. And only two series with the same episode title. Beauty and the Geek and Mego. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Ah, there's where Jack. There you go, Diana. It may be objectifying the ladies, but normally the king has more well-endowed <laughs> handmaidens. Yes, half his harem. They may be talented in other areas. They might be. Excellent bookkeepers. Yes, that's what I meant. Don't think those were the areas he was talking about. <laughs> uh, this, yes, well, uh, it's a long story. Food! Drinks for our guests! Mm. I think, I think that one lady doesn't like him too much. I think the power's gone into his head slightly. 
We don't have time for this. Uh, you should try one of these. It's called... Um, Ogin fruit. Guango. Right. It's sort of a cross between a guava and a mango. Sort of a guango? I like that. Yes. <laughs> People, henceforth, Ogin fruit shall be called guango. So shall it be. Uh, I get to name all kinds of stuff. You should see the Grateful Dead burial ground. Slightly grateful dead. <laughs> nice. Oh, dear. Gold are coming. Now, you should uh, peel it before you eat it. I find the skin kind of tart. Did you know about the gold? Oh, yeah. He's access to pretty good intel, considering there probably isn't that much off-world travel. You were warned by the Tok'ra. I haven't heard from the Tok'ra since they dropped me off. Then how? But, of course, he's got a secret. Yes, a very big secret. Mm. Mayborn probably has about a million of them. <laughs> really? What are you trying to pull? He speaks the truth. King Archon is a prophet. He foresaw your arrival and the hand you will play in defeating our enemy. Garen's right. It's all part of the prophecy. Mayborn, what the hell is going on here? Oh, dear. Read the future. That's accurate. He's being honest. Yes, he's being strictly <laughs> literal. Indeed. Really? So you think a reduced strength three person SG team can defeat a system lord? Daniel, Sam, and Teal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Teal could probably do it himself. Depending on the system lord. Hmm. If it was Bronzos, if he hadn't killed them already. Mm. What? Because killing them once is final in this world? Jackwood <laughs> Or Daniel. Or Apophis. <laughs> Daniel's happy he came along now. What do the locals know about these ruins? Well, not much. They generally avoid the area because it's close to the Nakwada mines, the site of their former enslavement. Bad luck and all. This is incredible. No, no, this is uh, interesting. This is incredible. That's it. Show it off, Mayborn. <laughs> what is it? It's a record of the planet's history covering major events. Only some of them haven't happened yet. What are you talking about? They have a complicated lunar calendar. So time travel. But once I did, I realized there were references in the text to things that are going to happen in the future. Are we foreshadowing here? I'd say major foreshadowing. I didn't think much of it either at the time. But then this big meteor shower happened exactly on the date the stone predicted. You sure you're reading it correctly? My skills may not compare with Dr. Jackson's, but over the years I've picked up a decent understanding of ancient writing. As a result of my translations, I predicted a major flood would destroy the village unless I could convince the elders to move to higher ground. Mayborn has picked up a lot over, over the years, hasn't he? Being able to actually read ancient. Daniel still has sometimes have help. Yeah. Look, these are simple people. This stuff would mean nothing to them. I had to play the role of a prophet to, to convince them. And out of gratitude, they made you king. Like I said, it was their idea. Yeah, as you can see now, Daniel's got his puzzled look on. Mm -hmm. Well, he's partly right anyway. It is a historical log. In the first moon of the 45th cycle, the ground will tremble and devastation will be wrought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big earthquake a couple years back, before my time. Skip ahead. We're on the 54th cycle. 
Oh dear. You've got to pander to the natives' level of intelligence. Rather condescending, really. Death Mayborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The oppressors of old will return. That's the gold. To seek dominion over the land. Those of a distant world will come. I'm guessing that's you guys. To vanquish the evil and restore order once again. You see? They come. You defeat them. Happy ending. That's the prophecy. You've got to admire the text on those columns. Say an awful lot for so little. <laughs> we should get going. Actually, um, this is interesting and, uh... A lot here to translate. I say Chinese, where a single character can mean many things. Yeah, no biggie, no pressure. You know, you can, you can do it. Not sure exactly how, but it'll all work out in the end. The great thing, whenever you have any sort of prophecy or time travel or anything like that, it always tends to work out as it should have done. Oh, self-fulfilling prophecies. Well, from what I've been able to decipher, it's pretty clear. The script on these walls is a historical log compiled by an ancient who traveled through time to study the evolution of life on this world. Mildly annoyed, Duke. Yeah, somehow that village looks bigger on the outside. We have no evidence that they actually mastered it. Yeah, well, we do now. You see, to the best of my knowledge, these writings are only a couple hundred years old. Which means they were carved after the ghouls had already left. But the ancients predate the ghouls. Right, so the only logical explanation is that an ancient traveled to the future and then back to a time not too long ago. I don't know, Daniel. There are references to the time travel device itself. Now, it's described as being inside a small ship. Now, if I'm right, it may still be here. I think it's worth a look. It's a reverse TARDIS. I mean, the backdrop lets it down at the moment. Looks like the original series Star Trek backdrop, just one colour sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I made a comment about that when we watched a movie the other night, and I said, oh, that's a pretty matte painting. I got dirty looks off the two people. As a... <laughs> How do you spoil the idea that it's not real? It was the Django Unchained. It's exactly held close to anything resembling reality anyway. We've been at it a while. Are you sure it's around here? <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Why not a map as well where we parked it? That'd work. I hate to say it, Daniel, but we can't risk staying much longer. Shouldn't they have at least somebody watching the gate with, you know, a fire-speaking communication device? Well, as you said, there's only three of them, and I think they would plan to go to the planet get Harry, they expected probably to be living in a mud hut somewhere. They learned Harry was got his own plans. They should have gated back and brought reinforcements or just left. <laughs> At least bring back along and kick him in the butt. <laughs> Scrubbing the search. Fall back to the gate. Sam? Daniel, we have no way of knowing when the gold will get here. It could be days. And it could be hours. Bruno Carter. Daniel Jackson. Now he retweeted us. Ah, oh, bless it. They can't bring Jack yet, because he's probably only working three days this week. Convenient. <laughs> After God knows how many centuries. If Tuke had an action figure, it'd be eagle eye Tuke. <laughs> and grippy hands. <laughs> Detachable emblem. <laughs> well, no, with optional beanie cap. <laughs> What's the chance that the puddle jumper would still be covered in leaves? Yes, they can't get away from that. I want one of those batteries. I want one of those batteries in my iPod, if I had one, which I don't. Well, we don't actually ever learn what powers the jumpers, but I assume it's a form of ZPM. A sort of uh, 0.1 PM? <laughs> must be a small one, otherwise McKay will be using them all over Atlanta. Yeah. So what's this? Could be the time device. 
Maybe it's integrated into the circuitry to such an extent that if you take it out, everything stops working. Yeah, let's face it, it'd probably outlast the uh, jumper itself. Well, judging from Mayborn's wall, it must have worked at some point. Well, I'm guessing it must manifest some sort of energy field that encompasses the entire ship, allowing the traveler to literally fly through time. I wonder. Ah! Let's not touch anything just yet. I'm kind of fond of this era. Okay, so what do we do? As you can see, this is the first time Stargate SG-1 actually borrows a prop from Stargate Atlantis. This is the... Uh, yeah, that's the time travel device. Now we're talking about the puddle jumper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well done. The engine may yet be functional. This is ancient technology. We'd need an ancient to make it work. Or some close. But it's got to be the time travel device. What else could it be? Random exposition. <laughs> it's a bit clunky, really. I mean, why would you bother saying that to Daniel? I guess they're uncharacteristically quiet. They are, aren't they? Speak up, jump in, say anything you want. Interrupt me, Adriana. God knows, you've never been shy. <laughs> oh, I'm not shy. I'm waiting for a good shot of the console to see if we see a J1 or J2. <laughs> Jack! Oh, oh there, there he is. is. Doesn't Mayborn look happy? Run like the sort of triangle that had gone off a couple of days back. Jack should be thankful then to actually, you know, mowed the grass for him. <laughs> Painted it red. Uh, congratulations are in order. You made general. You made king. Right, well, it's uh, not a contest. Mm -hmm. If you mind, these guys are torturing that ditty. Uh, right, uh, take five guys. I uh, taught them that expression. Ah. Well, I'm uh, hoping that uh, you can stay for a while, you know, check out the sites. Oh, yes, Jack. <laughs> oh, I say those like Jack, you're worse than me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh -huh. No. I mean, these pair have come an awful long way. Mayborn's <laughs> ready to run. <laughs> Jack just really doesn't make him feel comfortable. Do you guys wonder why? Uh -huh. Come on, Jack, you've defeated System Lords before. No. We've got to tell these people they got to start packing. We'll take as many as we can. I can't. I already told them you'd save the day. Again, you've got the actors who are taking heavy steps through the undergrowth, and you've got the steady cam operator, almost flawless, walking sideways. Ross admired how smooth they can make it. Yeah. So isn't that the point of a steady cam? In the commentary, they were talking about Daniel Massey, the steady cam mm -hmm. operator. They said basically, out of the hundred or so people that actually do that job, there's probably only 20 that are really good at it. And it is a skill. I see. No reference to me specifically. Uh, I just assumed. Yeah, do you really want to take that chance, Harry? Do you want to roll those dice? <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be easy to convince them, Jack. You can do it, Harry. You're the king. Jack believes in you. <laughs> and remember, it's good to be king. And we dropped the episode <laughs> title in, which is a rarity. I'm sorry. I always see Mel Brooks <laughs> whenever I hear this <laughs> phrase. Yeah, Jack's are looking around in a kind of kid in candy store. Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having one of those seats at work. It looks very comfortable. Ah, uh, I believe it went for six and a half thousand. Well, that's not much. Yeah, put a requisition in. <laughs> Jack needs a new seat, doesn't he? Yeah, General Hammond stole his old one. <laughs> Last episode. And if the puddle jumper comes with it, so be it. Unfortunately, I can't help you with this one, sir. You're on your own. Fine. <laughs> How do we know we're not going to end up back at the Alamo? Uh, well, for one thing, that was on Earth. But uh, more importantly, I've separated the time device from the control circuits. I 
think. Concentrate on powering up the engine. I've only just seen this technology. Concentrate. <laughs> if he's like Shepard, though, he should be able to touch it and does what he wants it to. Hmm. Nope, yeah. not happening. Uh, Sam's not going to lose faith in Jack. Daniel might. <laughs> the expectation. Sam was almost poking her tongue out from between her lips there. She had the uh, little three-year-old girl trying to tie her shoelaces expression. It's no different than the device in Antarctica. Just focus your mind. Oh, look at the expression on her face. Oh, <laughs> we love you, Jack. Daniel trying to emote. <laughs> right, it means business now. Right, without the hat. Yes, Jack looks like he's uh, trying to... <laughs> Special Daniel's face. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Keep it up, Jack. Keep it up. No, too soon. No stamina. Oh dear. Oh. You know, are you trying to give out to me if I made a reference like that? You can get away with it. <laughs> yes, because coming from him, it's not automatically an innuendo. But it was an innuendo. Very clearly an innuendo. Only in your mind. You should be ashamed of yourself. Which says so much about you. I'm quite lovable and adorable. <laughs> I sure collected a lot of stuff in only a couple of years. Guess I'm a bit of a pack rat. Where has he got all this stuff from? <laughs> Anything most of it looks old treasury-ish. It does a bit, doesn't it? It's my birthday yeah. this week. It's the state birthday this week. <laughs> it's the anniversary of my arrival next week. Presents. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No, no, just leave that. That stuff over there. <laughs> I'm not taking the kitchen sink with me. I'm not taking the throne. <laughs> they leave the throne, but take the golden silver. Yeah, if these people realize they've been conned, it's going to go very bad for Mayborn very quickly. We need to reroute the controls to the secondary output, which was originally designed to power the time device. Of course we do. There you go, Jack. It's not your fault it didn't work. You just didn't have enough power. Try it now, sir. Start small. Turn on the main lights. Yes, try not to constipate. No, solve for X, Jack. Happy thoughts. Ah, well done, lad. Nope, <laughs> not so much. Then again, maybe not. <laughs> Things are always going zap in that back compartment. Mm -hmm. This might be a spark circuit. Uh, you may have accidentally granted yourself more than a little time. <laughs> I'm just not that familiar with ancient technology. See, Jack solution. If we can't take it with us, we're going to blow it up. You can't be serious. Sir, this technology is too valuable to lose. Carter, what do you want me to do? Call in reinforcements? It's not like we're throwing down with a couple of Jaffa. We're taking on a system lord and his band of merry bad guys. It's valuable technology. Don't want to fall into any hands. I want that thing gone. Band of merry bad guys. <laughs> is Jack being affected by the forest? Oh, branch snap. Yep. Oh, they're back again. Surrender your weapons or die where you stand. That's Garen, played by Nancy Sorrell. She's been in First Wave, the 4400. Show called Less Than Kind. She ever stunt a wolf I do not know. As far as I know, she's just an actress. Oh dear. Archon from us. Good King Archon is a fraud. 
Our king is wise. He is a seer. He may be your king, but he's no seer. He can only interpret what's been written on the pillars of the temple ruins not far from here. Now, those writings hold the prophecies, and anyone who can read them can make the same predictions. That is a lie. You know, once again, having stun weapons could come in real handy on these uh, missions. First, lower your weapons. Mm. Yeah, what is it about the lack of zats? Do they feel the zat is a bit of a MacGuffin so they don't include it? Yeah, because they carried it, they could use it every episode. <laughs> yeah, handy little weapon. I'm just reminded of Teok's uh, failure to notify them that the Thor shop disintegrates until they were actually trapped on a system like shit. <laughs> well, he was kicking up his fine tradition of lack of info. <laughs> yeah. Information at the speed of the plot, that's Stargate. Geocopedia would be three pages without four entries on each. <laughs> <laughs> info at the speed of plot is Stargate. Info after the speed of plot is Teal. Who to funk? Oh, hey, Jack. Uh, I, uh, spoke with Garen. I'm uh, sorry to hear about what happened at the ship. Believe me, I had nothing to do with it. I know, Harry. You're always the victim in these things. Okay, look, I'll admit that when I first found the ruins, I did plan to use them to my personal advantage. But all that changed once I became King Archon I. Oh, please. It's true, Jack. I care about these people. I want to help them. A little bit of trivia on this episode. The costume designer, Christine Mooney, uh, was nominated for a Leo Award. She actually won it for the costumes in Mobius Part 2. Passed away March 19th, 2009. Mm -hmm. Very young. She worked on Season 7, 8 and 9 and 10 of Stargate SG-1. Eventually 49 episodes. Always comes as a bit of a surprise when, you know, we're still watching Stargate and you realise that time is passing when people die from the show. Indeed. Not quite in the Babylon 5 <laughs> body count. I think that's why they can have actually everyone surviving at the Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah. How many are there, Do? Um, uh, well, there's JMS, which is the main reason I'm going, but there's another nine. I mean, the, the only major command staff character, aside from Jeff Conway, who's died off, is Michael Hare. Who was Jeff Conway? Jeff Conway was... Zach. Uh... Zach, yeah. I wish I were here under better circumstances, but the fact is I come before you all to deliver a warning. Hey, this is his big speech. The village is in danger, and the time has come for us to leave. We must abandon our world. They look elderly bunch, really. <laughs> Either that or... Where are the children? <laughs> uh, maybe I was planning on working on that. <laughs> 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 Yo, you really didn't prepare this speech in advance, did you, Harry? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the prophecy was clear, but only up to a certain point. After that, it was somewhat uh, unclear. Uh, sort of a murky clarity. Oh, there's a lot of light shining off Daniel's glasses, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it's like shining off those angstones in his headband. But there is a chance that some of us may get hurt or even killed in the process. And I am not willing Impossible. to... Impossible. You assured us we would be safe. Yes, I... I remember that. Uh, however... Some of us. By some of us, he means him. <laughs> yeah, always the coward. Yes, <laughs> I said a lot of things. <laughs> Harry Rincewind Mayborn. Uh, help me out here, guys. <laughs> Just a bit of encouragement from Jack. 
slowly raises the P90, just for, to emphasise the point. Not been the first time he'd been shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've not been entirely honest with you. You mean I don't have to wear this silly hat? <laughs> I am not a <laughs> I don't possess insight into the future or divine powers that set me apart. I'm just a regular guy. No more or less special than any of you. But the prophecies. I am shocked, Harry. <laughs> Absolutely shocked. Yeah. My name's not Archon. They come from the walls of the old temple, written in stone for all to see. I have the ability to interpret these writings, and with the proper understanding, <clears throat> any of you could do the same. Oh, imagine that. Yes. They come through me. <laughs> they thought it was just graffiti. Mm. Yeah, well, let's face it, I mean, if you need a hammer and a chisel to put the graffiti there, you get points for effort, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that, the joke about the hieroglyphs, it's mass graffiti. prefer the Pratchett joke about the uh, ancient tribe where it's possible to beat yourself to death with your own suicide note. Ah. Uh, no, that was from me. And our new medicines? Our legal code? The irrigation system? Were these things also found in the room? No. These were not the acts of a pretender, but of a leader. So we, we weren't exactly quite sure what Garin was thinking towards him, but I think she's friendly, not a wife. Maybe a little old by Mayborn standards from the looks on it. But uh, Could be a concubine. I think Garin would have issues with anything but marriage. She has a little more self-respect than that. <laughs> yeah, I should be good enough than just me. Oh dear, he's been too good. <laughs> oh, crap. So he's Archon Jack, the first, are we expecting no. more? He's done some genuine good and. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh well. My public loves me. What can I say? At this point, Jack, you're done. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jack. <laughs> Look, uh, sorry about that. Not my problem, Harry. If these folks don't want to go, they don't have to go. Tilk, you and Daniel will head on back, secure the gate. Carter, you and I will take care of the ship. That looks like he's been walking out. Look at those forearms. Sorry, I, I've been noticing definition of male forearms, so I tend to look at other people and kind of think, how much work do I have to do to get to there? <laughs> Even if it's small definition, it is actually, it makes me feel a lot better. It's a visible indication that I've been sweating my ass off with uh, some benefit. Ooh, Stargate activating in brackets. Ah, oh, this can't be good. And why just stand there, get down out of sight in the tree something? Yeah, it's not like there isn't long grass to hide. They always do that. <laughs> that duck. Epic fail at hiding. Switch the p 90 single mode and take the headshots as they walk through. Easy. Yeah, I don't think Daniel's that good at shot. <laughs> Till could be. Till's got the zat. Go ahead. Uh, we got a little problem here. A little problem? Ares Defy just came through the gate. We're cut off. If you blow the ship now, you'll give away your position. Guess we're staying for a while. Yep. You wait to do long, guys. Oopsie. Yeah, we need to fly the ship and use the, uh, hopefully, stilly, fully charged weapons. Ah. Uh, now, there's a prime that's been eating some solid meals. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if they know the ship has weapons. No. 
they're not familiar with it, are they? This is Trey Lack, played by Wayne Brady. I believe he has a chat show in America. I presume they're making metallic clunking noises. I am King Arkhan I. It is with a joyful heart and open arms that we welcome you. I'm Trey Lack, first prime to the great Lord Ares, your god. So great that we've hardly ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Glad tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Lord Ares demands nothing short of complete obedience from both you and your people. Any resistance will be dealt with harshly. Understood. Wayne Brady's been in How I Met Your Mother, Let's Make a Deal, Psych, and the aforementioned The Wayne Brady Show. And um, maybe one seems to be reciting Christmas cards. <laughs> Did he do any Who's Line? I don't know. He was on Who's Line, is it anyway? I hear it's being revived. Yeah, with, uh, I think, Aisha Tyler. My servant spoke out of turn. She will be punished. Of course she will. She looks like Anne Whittacombe. The servant is uh, Melanie Blackwell. She's been in The L Word, God, Robson Arms, Andromeda and Cold Squad. Kill me if you want, but know this. In the end, you and your people will be defeated, just as the prophecy has foretold. The prophecy? <laughs> Pay no attention. She's obviously frightened beyond reason. If foretold of your arrival and of your defeat... Another predicted rain today with a chance of morning frost, and yet what fine weather we are enjoying. Silence! Oh, don't shoot her, she's cute. Yeah, but she's got a big mouth. Should have kept it short. Yeah, I know she's going to have an equally there on the back of her head. If what you say is true, then we would be fools to stay and meet our certain death. Smooth first prime. It is written on the walls of the old temple. Sure, Shut Stop up. talking! Oh. God, the number of times I've been to meetings with someone like that, I've just been going, will you shut up? In my head. Yes. I'm detecting a hint of sarcasm. Tell us what you know. <laughs> I almost imagine if my was saying, go shoot it now, shoot it, stop it talking. I mean, seriously, are those sort of uh, cloaks in the standard pack that they carry with them? How many times have they worn, worn one to blend in? Daniel and Tilk, they rock cows, don't they? They're useful. Yeah, where's McKay when you need him? <laughs> Oh, believe me, if he knew Sam was there, he'd be there. <laughs> I don't care, I get to hold that woman in six weeks, roughly. There's no pictures, it didn't happen. <laughs> Quite right. It's the photo op, there'll be a picture. Do yourself a favour and do not mention the gatecast when you do that. Oh, I was going to try and get her to record the bumper. While bumper would be cool, she might actually go back and listen to some of your episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. That would be such a good idea. <laughs> Partake of our bounty. This fruit, for instance, it's sort of a cross between a... I'm not interested in your offering. You were warned. Ooh, that doesn't look nice. Squishy fruit. You've made yourself perfectly clear. To you, perhaps. But your subjects seem less than willing to accept our terms. They cling to archaic beliefs, prophecies, portents that threaten to undermine the rule of our god. Yeah, he's, he's, um, I think Mayborn's imagining and squishing some other fruit. <laughs> or perhaps, you know, one up there. Alan! What? How? They're simple folk, easily influenced. With my help, you'll have no trouble bending them to your will. Now, if I was the first prime, I'd be very suspicious of those two guys standing at the back in the robes. <laughs> very suspicious. First primes are arrogant. And I didn't think there were any spare system lords left. Ball now controlled everything. Oh, no, no. He's probably an underling of Ball. There are no spare mm. system lords. 
of worth. Yeah, the odds are that what we see of Ares near the end, that's his entire force. Mm. The last few loan system lords are kind of running for their lives, going back into areas of space which they used to have domain over, pretty much hiding. Sir? If the Jafar could actually read ancient, is that what it looks yeah. like to you? They shouldn't be able to. Because you looked at it and then it's like, okay, go, go. Yeah, you don't really want, you know, when you're using power and deception to rule like the Gore do, you don't want intelligent soldiers. That was Apophis' mistake. Now, slaughtering the villagers at this point. <laughs> well, straight away. Yeah, pretty much. Like the moustache. Those were Atari weapons. What's Atari? <laughs> Ignorant to What's the end. What's Atari? Well, it's kind of like a Taurus, but you know. <laughs> okay, so instead of going for the cloak, they start with the villagers. Clearly everyone's gotten the memo on Teal. In fact, he hasn't said show value yet. Yes, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> Did he not get the memo? That's it. Lock us in. Well, in theory, there might be a shield. Okay, there's no shield. Well, it can. It's a spacecraft. It can withstand re-entry. Staff weapon blast ain't gonna bother it. I've already received word. Lord Ares has just arrived. Oh dear. So can we take the Hatak for a ride? We. Oh, it's one of those. Been a while since we've seen one of them close up. Yeah. Mike always liked a. Uh, I wonder if that USB one or two. <laughs> Funnily enough, on the commentary that says, "Was it USB <laughs> or Firewire?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so convenient that ancient vessels had USB hookup. <laughs> yeah. Of course. They it from here to the end time. It's a man I'm not really interested in the USB kind of hookup. I'm sorry, Adriana, you're just gatecat to her. We're going to get slapped like the biggest lawsuit. Or restraining order. I will see to it that you die quickly. The fact that Tilk is still alive should make Teltak at least pause a little. Probably not the weirdest fan. She, oh dear. <laughs> and yeah, he's now. That's how his life expectancy can now be measured in seconds. <laughs> I think not. My men guard the gate, and the mothership descends as we speak. He's got the stare. I'll give him that. <laughs> Deal. Smash. Oh, too confident, Trelak. Too confident. Isn't it the same stare with the um, or the guy that killed his girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going for it. He had a bit more dialogue in those scenes, though. He took out the ship that crashed into the Stargate, trapping him in it. Tanith. Tanith, yes. yes. Well, that's because he picked up a weapon which should be mounted on a glider and shot the ship with <laughs> it. Which girlfriend? It's Eok. I think her name was Nock. She was the one that had the symbiote that she convinced good. Yeah. The symbiote that became Tanith, correct me if I'm wrong. You were plotting in concert with the people of this world. Treachery is something we cannot abide. I couldn't agree with you more. You think you feel outraged? Imagine how I feel. Betrayed by my own people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, you see, Trevor can actually get some... Okay, very quick CGI shot there. You're not that good of a liar there. (laughs) 
Ow! Yeah, frankly, the rock to the head is a... Oof. I love it. You've got a staff weapon, so use it to beat somebody. <laughs> We're detecting another ship. It's big. It's big, you think? <laughs> Not to worry, I've got this little, uh thing. Oh, look. We're in space. Come on, Harry. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Not the most convincing fight, Stargate have done to... Daniel! Oh! Ascend! He threw dirt in his face. Now, as Jim Butcher says, when you hit somebody with a piece of furniture, the furniture doesn't break. It's really interesting how many Jafar and First Primes consider Tilk a traitor even though technically he is their enemy. Oh, oh, that didn't look like pottery, did it? The thing is, though, he wouldn't just punch Mabon, he'd stab him. Oh. <laughs> he has other targets in mind for the stabbing. Yeah, I don't Not think it's going to be though. the target he had in mind, though. Oh, at last, the villagers. Oh, Darren. You're quite right. The crossbow bolt goes through armour. Uh-huh. Oh, this isn't going to end well. Look at you. And right in the symbiote pit. Yep. <laughs> you are a man of your word. Indeed. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good last line, that is. From the bear on him. He died with his boots on. He did say he'd go. Wait for that bloke in the armour to get him. You're doing great, sir. Relatively speaking. <laughs> We could be dead any second. Yes. Okay, so is this where we get the guns shooting? Come on, Jack. Fire. <laughs> a huge mothership. Little puddle jumper. Two drones. Now we're firing blank. Keep firing, sir. Nothing's happening. Weapons must be depleted. Hopefully it hits some vital systems. Hey, Joanna. Boom. Two drones took out. Maybe they keep tunneling until they hit something vital. When Sam says, you know, perhaps you hit something vital and then it blows up, even they know it's ridiculous. The CGI budget run out. We can only do you two. That was got a huge grin there. That must have been painful to hold her that open. A whole planet of greenery, and that's the best they can do. Yeah, they look like posies. <laughs> I'm just wondering why Jack has a prettier bouquet than Sam. I can't abandon these people, Jack. I'm in a life here. I can't walk away from my home, my friends, my wives. Wives? My wives? <laughs> <laughs> Go. Mm. Someone should point out, though, if they want to build a community and a kingdom, some of the women have got to marry other people, not just the king. Yeah. Wives. It's quite right to loan them out, either. Well, that's what the ugly women are for. <laughs> Adriana. What? Like kings of old didn't think that way? Oh, you're pretty. You're going to harem. You, not so much. Hey, buddy, you look for a wife? Okay, you you get scholarly, my G. I think back then they also did, on your wedding night, you have to come to our bed before you go to your husband's bed. Hmm. And that was It's Good to Be King. Do we see Harry again? I don't believe we do, do we? I think this is the last appearance of Mayborn. I think so. Yeah. So he gets a happy ending. After all the trouble he caused early on. 
It's kind of a shame. Yeah, he's, he was a great character. And of course, stuck it to Kinsey, so we've got to cheer him on for that. Oh, well, definitely true. Okay, a little trivia for uh, William Geraghty, the director. He worked on 12 episodes of Stargate SG-1 and 19 episodes of MacGyver. I do believe from the commentary, he was supposed to do the commentary, but he actually didn't turn up. I think he was ill at the time. I think they also said that he was actually ill partway through the filming of this episode. I see. Not to worry, though. You have to wonder how many cast and crew came to Stargate because they worked with Richard Dean Anderson in MacGyver. <laughs> Quite a few. But I think MacGyver, though, that was filmed in the States. I want it. I want a Canadian production. Was Or was it? Were they filming in Canada back then? I'm sure somebody was filming in Canada back then. Canadia. Looks like a lot of, well, the houseboat was in Vancouver. Looks like a lot of California filming. So a little of both, Canada and U.S. Yeah. Yeah, the Bridge Studios, which is where they filmed Stargate as well. So there is that connection. Yeah, maybe RDA bought us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's film here. I know the owner. As Alan knows, I watch a lot of B-movies, and most of them are made in Canada, so every one, you, you see two or three familiar faces from Stargate every time. <laughs> so you watch a lot of the sci-fi movies then? Oh, I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> the sci-fi equivalent of Lifetime Channel movies. <laughs> I did, uh, actually, Arctic Blast was okay, and had a reasonable amount of uh, Michael Shanks in it. Probably was the star. I've been enjoying Michael Shanks on Burn Notice. Ah, Victor, well, you're, that, you're, that early, you're that early in Burn Notice? Oh, we just started season three. Oh, well, hence your use of the term enjoyed. <laughs> Sadly, Victor is no more. Yeah, Victor was a bit crazy. I know. Zach asked me why Victor had to die in Burn Notice, and I told him it was because Michael Shanks could not bear not playing a dying character. No, 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 no. Somebody who has to die, preferably inside the first three episodes, is Alan Tudy. He managed That's not to, true. He managed to talk of He made it like 14 episodes plus a movie. In which, he, yeah, but one, once Joss <laughs> killed him, you know, that was it. He broke his jerry. I mean, he, di he died twice in V. He actually managed to make it through most of Dollhouse. Yeah, that's, we didn't really see him until the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe his contract now. You've got more than an hour of screen time now. You have to die. <laughs> Dollhouse was good. Yeah. Very good. Another little bit of trivia. They had the actual Stargate prop on location, as I said, and not CGI this time. It cost $15,000 to use that prop every time they mm -hmm. shoot it, which is quite remarkable considering, I suppose, it's only putting on a lorry and take it to where, where it's needed. I wonder yeah. how much it costs them to use a CGI gate. Probably a lot more. I imagine they've got the models and everything in the computer, but it's all the matting to make it fit into the, the actual live footage. And it never quite looks right. I mean, we've seen the CGI gate in episodes and it doesn't look right most of the time it's just buried in whatever location they are as opposed to having a proper plinth the commentary featured Paul Mully and Jim Menard writer and uh, the DP and they were talking about the lighting of the the village this village we saw in this episode was actually the precursor for the much bigger one that's used in Atlantis and late seasons of SG-1 it looked rather familiar yeah the new uh, sets they're using now because they recorded this commentary when they were filming season 9 <laughs> <laughs> you could rip shows like Stargate apart if you really wanted to. Yeah, we you could. And there are plenty who do. Yeah, I have no problem with that if, if they're doing it because they enjoy the show. We'll criticise it, but we'll keep watching it. For another three or four years. <laughs> At least. Hopefully there's another series. I really enjoy it when someone's watching sci-fi and goes, that's totally unbelievable! <laughs> 
It's like Wash saying, but that's so science fiction. And Zoe telling him, honey, you live on a spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) Suspension of disbelief is something you have to be able to do with sci-fi or fantasy. Okay then, folks. So that was It's Good to Be King. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we go to the Pegasus Galaxy and Sanctuary. Shepard gets to do his Captain Kirk impression. (laughs) It's a shame Amanda's not in that. It'd be wonderfully foreshadowed. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? Okay, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. As always, we thrive upon what little dribs and drabs of feedback we get, so give us lots. It makes us happy. Speaking of feedback, we've had a couple of comments on the main website, gatecast.co.uk, from Dave and Shanda, both new to the podcast and both having difficulty getting hold of the earlier episodes, which are no longer on the main feed. It is limited to around 25 or so episodes. I am slowly putting together an archive I am happy with, and we'll eventually provide RSS feeds for each season, which will make it easier to grab the episodes. HTML, RSS, are not my forte. I'll do my best. We've had a voicemail from Brad about It's Good to Be King. Hello, Alan Mike and the Gatecast community. Brad here from Victoria, Australia. Some thoughts on the upcoming episodes of SG1, It's Good to Be King. It's good to see that the Harry Mayborn character has returned. It was one plot thread I didn't want to see just vanish like so many others. So good to see that we got a, another Gould in the midst, even though we don't actually see Ares. It's still good to see that they're introducing new lords in their first primes. It also feels like a part two to the season three episode, Window of Opportunity, where first the ancients failed in their time travel attempts, even though this is Genesis time. They finally got something right. And we get our first look at the puddle jumper, which is a bit of a controversial design. Barricade still looks very good. There is the question whether it still functioned, although we don't know exactly how long it's been there. Given the ones in Atlantis, we'll see all the way in an airtight environment under the ocean. You can see why they still functioned. It's good to see RDA back off world again. Always good when Rick comes back and does these episodes, it really helps them out. And overall, it's a, it's a good conclusion to the Mayborn character. And, yeah, I didn't mind this episode. It's a good little good little episode in the lead-up to the series final. Yeah, so talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to record that, Brad. We've had trouble arranging a time to get him back on the show. But we'll certainly have him back live, so to speak, in the near future. If you'd like to send us something, then please do so. We'll endeavour to include it in the next show, or relevant show if that's more appropriate. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate, or more specifically, Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website gatecast.co.uk which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together Right then, thanks for joining us folks they'll be joining us next week for Sanctuary Adriana, Thomas, thanks for joining us Indeed Always a pleasure Been fun Right, I'm Say goodbye Alan Goodbye Alan Because <laughs> all you said was indeed <laughs> I was looking for a goodbye Bye bye folks Oh, we're being succinct Bye <laughs> Well that's a first <laughs> When he got his uh, Stargate book, you know, and he decided, I've done some research, and he read the whole bloody paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, the episode started five minutes ago. We're ten minutes in already. Sure off. <laughs> I've even made a point at it to Joss that what I'll do is I, if I see there's something interesting and I get a chance to read it before we record, I'll actually email you with the interesting bits you can throw them in. Have you ever emailed me? Not yet. Not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's a plan. <laughs> a work in progress. Okay, you have to do the research stuff to call yourself a research monkey. Oh, he's the research bunny. I'm the monkey. At that point, I'm going to leave. And at that, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.